0: are back. Now we hate being a slave on this program to what is currently in the news. We like to take the longer view sometimes, which is why you've heard segments on here such as analysis of Genghis Khan, analysis of the Crusades, at one point did the life of the Prophet of Islam, Muhammad. Well, I didn't have anything like that lined up today, but I've got a miscellaneous pile in front of me that I wanted to go through. And since this is KDVS 90.3 FM, a station affiliated with the University of California at Davis. And this is Radio Parallax, above all, a show that talks about whatever we damn well please. Let's just plunge into some of these. Now we've got an update for you on the historian Suetonius. Known as the National Enquirer reporter of ancient Rome, Suetonius wrote a very readable and entertaining book called The Twelve Caesars. I finally got around to reading it some years back when I was on a trip into the Middle East. It's, um... It's a pretty good read. The chapter on Nero alone is worth owning the book for. I mean, it <laughs> describes the end of Nero in terms that just have to make made me laugh out loud. But people have said he was, you know, aiming for the scurrilous, the scandalous, and really was kind of a National Enquirer esque uh, type view of these Roman emperors. He certainly did include all of the juicy, you know, dirty parts. Uh, I mean, you know, and some of the antics they were up to that, you know, it tends to reflect badly on them, particularly. Caligula, who comes off very badly in Suetonius's telling. Well, Caligula was a nut of the First Order, apparently, but Suetonius claimed at one point that he actually extended his palace into the revered temple of Castor and Pollux so he too could be worshipped like a deity. Well, people have doubted some of his claims, but a team of British and American archaeologists have been conducting a dig at the Roman Forum, have proof now that Suetonius was correct. Remains of walls and sewer lines show that Caligula had ripped out the walls between his palace and the temple and made the temple his vestibule. There you have it. Radio Parallax helps lay to rest a 2,000-year-old controversy. Item from the Week magazine. The family of a New Mexico man is suing a Catholic priest for proclaiming at his funeral the deceased was headed for Hades. The Reverend Scott Mansfield apparently told 200 surprised mourners that Ben Martinez was, quote, lukewarm in his faith, unquote, and that he, quote, the Lord vomited people like Ben out of his mouth to hell, end quote. According to the suit, Martinez's family said the priest was angry at their son for not attending Mass in the last year of his life when he was suffering from emphysema. Well, this is America. They might just win that lawsuit. Although I have to say, the priest... uh. Probably shouldn't have shouldn't have suggested that the deceased was going to hell. In the afterlife, you could be headed for the serious drive. Now you make the scene all day, but tomorrow they'll be held to pay. In the you could be for the for Thank you to the squirrel nut zippers on that one for their immortal composition, Hell. Now, we haven't got a follow-up story that I'm keen to find out about, about whether the toy manufacturer is selling an action figure of George W. Bush, U.S. President and Naval Aviator, in the form of a $39.99 doll, wearing a replica of the flight uniform that Bush donned to announce the end of major combat in Iraq. Well, one wonders about sales of that doll, since uh, after Bush has proclaimed the end of major combat, uh, the combat casualties have continued to rise. That is to say, people continue to die over in Iraq. Now, we've had more casualties than we did during the initial phase of combat. The peace has actually been more costly than the war. We may want to put a call into our, um, the good people over at the, the News and Review, Sacramento News and Review, to see if their contest of what you would do with a George Bush uh, action figure doll, uh, they ever settled what, um, you know, what the winner would, would do. Don't know. We'll find out. Uh, of course, we have to point out that in defense of the fact that we've had a lot of casualties over in Iraq, the U.S. government has said that, well, you know, five of the Americans listed as killed in Iraq may actually have committed suicide. Well, thanks for U.S. commanders for informing us of that. I, I feel quite a bit better. Now, as far as being a naval aviator uh, goes, I want to actually refer to a book by Paul Begala, which someone put into my box at work. Thank you, whoever did that. That was, uh, that was uh, nice of you. I don't know, you know, who my benefactor was. Mr. Begala has a very interesting chapter in his book about, um, you know, George Bush's disappearance from the National Guard. Now, George Bush did, was trained to be a pilot in the uh, Texas Air National Guard. I want to remind you of this story because I think it's, you know, germane. If we're going to put out doll showing him in a naval aviator uniform, let's just review how he got to be a naval aviator. Let's just take a minute. 1968, being in the National Guard was a coveted ticket out of getting your ass shot off in Vietnam. There was a waiting list of 500 people in Texas. George W. Bush was apparently vaunted to the head of the line. He only scored in the 25th percentile in pilot aptitude, yet he was approved for an automatic commission as a second lieutenant and assigned to flight school, a role usually reserved for young men with ROTC or Air Force experience, of which Bush had neither. Yeah, although in his campaign speeches he mentioned that he, uh, you know, he had served in a time of war in the military, he, in fact, specifically marked off that he did not wish to go overseas during his stay in the Air National Guard, something that Greg Pallast pointed out to you listeners on this program some time ago. But uh, Mr. Begala did say in his book that, in fairness to W, it is dangerous duty, training to fly jets, and uh, that uh, you know Bush wanted to be a pilot, and pilots die in training with tragic frequency. He said, you'll get no sneering from me about Bush's service in the Guard. It's just that his lack of service was something he found bothersome. Uh, Bush asked to be transferred from the Air National Guard to the Alabama Guard because he was going to work on the Senate campaign of an Alabama Republican, Winton Blount, Richard Nixon's former postmaster general. Bush asked for and received a transfer to the Alabama Guard. Um, But the trouble was, he never showed up for duty. At least that's what the records say. The commanding officer said he never showed up. The administrative officer backs him up, says he never showed up. There is no paper trail whatsoever showing that he ever showed up. But in his hazy memory, Bush was quoted as saying that he did some did some paper shuffling in uh, in Montgomery. He thinks it was desk work. Ari Fleischer once told the press. Dan Bartlett, another spokesman for Bush, said the governor specifically remembers pulling duty in Alabama at the end of the campaign, suggesting that the work was that all important odds and ends. And gosh darn it, Bush just couldn't remember who it was he was working for. He says he thought he worked under several different supervisors whose names he just couldn't recall. Anyway, if you are rush out, I think you can still get him on the market. $39.99 for the action figure of a guy who avoided going to Vietnam by securing a coveted spot in the Texas Air National Guard requested and received a transfer to Alabama, then did nothing to fulfill his duty, managed to get honorably discharged, um, proving that, you know, he got away with it. That's all we have time for today. Our thanks go to attorney Lawrence Teeter, our good friend and special media correspondent Gary Chu, and my producer, Edward McMillan. And rumor has it uh, that next week, Mr. Ron Glick will be returning to the KDVS lineup for public affairs and we're glad to have him back next week's program will be our back to school special as the UCD school year will start on September I believe 25th which is the next time we come to you so we'll see you then you've been listening to Radio Parallax I'm Douglas Everett stay tuned for Todd